Hey, Internet. Happy Monday. You are listening to Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Sarah Avampato. I'm your host, and I'm proud to be kicking off your week the right way by bringing you the latest and greatest news from across the NHL. Before we get started with anything, though, I want to give a shout out to my fellow Locked On NHL host, Justin Morissette, also of Locked On Canucks. If you have not heard, he was involved in an incident in Vancouver where he was attacked for doing the right thing and standing up against hate speech. And now Justin is sitting in hospital with a broken leg and, of course, having to watch his beloved Canucks from a laptop in a hospital bed. Not exactly how Justin thought that uh, the playoffs were going to go for him, but I just want to give him a big shout out. I think that what he did is incredibly brave and incredibly important. And what happened to him at the hands of people who are preaching hate in Vancouver is honestly horrific. I am sending my best wishes and best healing vibes to Justin up in Vancouver. If you have not heard what happened or if you don't know Justin, please go ahead and Google Justin Morissette Vancouver or you can check out his Twitter feed for more information. I think I can speak on behalf of all of us here at Locked On that we're wishing for a very speedy recovery for Justin. Justin is just a delight to talk to you and he is just so passionate about his team, the Canucks, and about doing the right thing. And I cannot overstate how proud I am of him for doing this, for getting involved in this, even though it unfortunately did not have the greatest of ends. So best wishes to Justin and we'll, of course, keep an eye on his recovery as he heals up. I've got some great guests on the show today in what has turned out to be a little bit of a preview of the very first series in the second round to get underway. First up, I've got Josh Clark and Kenneth Nash of Locked on Stars to tell me all about their team's offensive explosion. And by offensive, I mean tons of goals. They're on the show first up to let us know what's going on with Dallas Stars. And then I have Chris Massell of Locked on Avalanche on the show to share his thoughts on what could be a tougher series for Colorado than many people imagined, and that is first and foremost due to injuries, particularly to starting goaltender Philip Grubauer. So he is on the show as well to uh, share his thoughts on the in-progress series between the Stars and the Avalanche. Let's get underway and turn our attention to the Dallas Stars. Josh Clark and Kenneth Nash of Locked on Stars are here to let us know what's going on with their team, who won game one against the Colorado Avalanche. So the NHL wasted absolutely no time in moving on to the next round of the playoffs. And that means that they started out with the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche. Those teams both were ready to go before the first round even kind of sort of technically wrapped up. And so we've already got second round action here in in the NHL. And on today's episode, we're actually talking to both teams involved in that game. And so we're going to start out with a look at the Dallas Stars. So I've got Kenneth and Josh here, hosts of Locked on Stars, to break down what is going on with our team. And first off, we're going to rewind just a little bit because the game that clinched things for the Stars to get into the second round was just an absolute epic, slaying really of (laughs) the calgary flames and so i I didn't want to like let the moment go without taking a chance to rewind back to that and just walk me through that like goal scoring explosion from the stars like were you expecting that did you know that was in this team all along or were you kind of watching like the rest of us just sort of like Minds blown. Well, it's it's funny because Kenneth and I actually talked about this on our Friday episode uh, and about actually our text conversation during the game, how after Calgary had scored three goals, I think it was in six minutes and 34 seconds or 624, and the Stars called timeout, 
I was having people texting me saying, you know, all right, game seven, and even the NHL scheduled game seven for that Saturday night at 7 p.m. block, and they, like, announced the start time. But then we, Kenneth and I were talking and had the idea of, you know, there's still a lot of time left on the clock, and with how well the Stars had played through games two through five leading up to that, it, it really felt as though the Stars were still in it, and if they could get one goal on the board – in the first period at least, that they really had a chance to carve their way back into the game. And, of course, Mira Haskinen follows through with that three minutes later, scores on the power play, and then it was just an onslaught. And the craziest thing is your top line, your top trio of Jimmy Benn, Tyler Sagan, and Alexander Radulov that were incredible in game one against Colorado Avalanche, they didn't tally a single point in that game six against the Flames. And that just kind of speaks to the fact that this team – really is deep when they can score goals. Now, they struggled during the regular season, of course, and even in the round robin. But as we saw against Calgary and then against Game 1, in Game 1 against the Avalanche, this team can be an offensive force if they really want to be, as they were on uh, Thursday night again in Game 6. And, you know, Kenneth and I were baffled, but at the same time, we had kind of come to expect it after just how well the Stars had played in the games leading up to that one. I was just going to say, exactly what Josh said. I I think it was one of those things that I think we, everybody kind of knew that there was a little bit of a chance, especially when they scored that power play goal in the first period and we're only down 3-1. The Stars were the better team in in the majority of that series, um, despite the fact that it it didn't always look like that at the end of the games. Um, So I think there was always that chance to come back. Now to the proportion that they came back, and the way they just, I mean, they just came out and dominated Calgary and, and to some extent embarrassed them in some areas. Uh, I don't think necessarily anybody expected that. And and Dennis Gurianov, obviously, to produce like he did, you know, for him to come out in his rookie season and have a performance like he did. I don't think anybody was necessarily expecting something like that. And so things have already moved on. And game one has already happened between the, the Stars and the Avalanche. And game two is scheduled for tonight, Monday night. I, you know, I saw a lot of predictions as people were getting ready for this series to start. And like, there's definitely a smattering of like Colorado and four takes out there and based on game number one not even talking about the injuries that happened or anything but just based on the stars performance I think that a lot of people maybe have woken up to the fact that this is not going to be quite as easy as people expected it to be for Colorado so what is sort of the secret weapon for the stars that is going to make this series a a bit of a challenge a bit of a a struggle for Colorado perhaps I think when you look at game one and what happened in game one in the offensive production that the Stars had. We saw it in the Calgary series, but it's not something the Stars team was good at for the entirety of the regular season. They, they may break out for four or five goals here and there, but 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 on average, they were winning games 2-1, maybe 3-1, that, that sort of mindset. And so when they were coming up against Colorado, who, who they had lost to pretty in, in a pretty rough fashion in the round robin, the anticipation was that, that the offense you saw them display against Calgary, they weren't going to be able to sustain that against Colorado. And I'm, I'm guilty of thinking that as well. I didn't think they were going to be able to, to, to sustain that zone pressure. I thought Cal, uh, Colorado's ability to kind of break away and, and press back was going to was much better than Calgary's and was going to force the Stars on their heels a little bit. Um, and you have to credit the team. They, they came in with a mindset during this restart. They wanted to change a little bit how they played the game. Defense and goaltending is still their bread and butter, but they wanted to be more of an offensive threat, and that was their mindset. And during the round robin, we, we saw a flash of it in, against Vegas, but otherwise, things were pretty rough. But, but since they started that series against Calgary, they have really bought into that style, which is just high energy, fly around the ice, four check hard, 
and create chances. And when you've got the talent that they do, which they still do have quite a bit of offensive talent, if you just give yourself the opportunity to score goals, you're going to get a few to go in. Yeah, and and just to echo on that real quick, it's also the matter of, like Kenneth said, forechecking hard that the team did really well against Colorado last night and really well again in the Calgary series, but getting the defensemen active as well in the offensive zone. John Klingberg and Miro Haskin have both just been game breakers for the Stars game in and game out so far through the first few games of this Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's what the Stars really need. And on top of that, they've still been very disciplined defensively. They're, they've been getting better defensively every game. There was a little slip up at the beginning. But then last night, doing a really good job of containing as much as they can. And of course, Colorado top line, they're always going to get their chances. Rick Bonus talked about it last night. They're just that good and that fast and that dynamic. But the Stars did a really good job at limiting those chances Anton Hudobin had some big saves. And then other than the Colorado top line, the bottom nine for the Avalanche did not do a whole lot. They were almost invisible throughout the game. And that's, I guess, a testament to the Stars' strong defensive effort. It was a full effort. You know, all 12 forwards, all six defensemen were in the game last night and locked in. Everyone had big plays here and there. And I think it also speaks to, as we've said many times this year, the resilience of this Dallas Stars team. They've gone through so much, and yet nothing seems to phase them at this point. And that's why this series could very easily go their way with another win here in Game 2. They could really pick it up and have the momentum going into the rest of it. My conversation with Locked On Stars hosts Josh and Kenneth continues next. But first, I want to tell you about Roman Talking about things like erectile dysfunction isn't easy, and usually people just kind of brush it off. They have all sorts of reasons why maybe they just aren't into it that night. They're busy, they've had a long day at work, they're tired, they say things like, I've just lost my mojo. But Roman makes it easy to talk about it. You've got a real healthcare professional at your fingertips who can prescribe real medication. Using Roman is simple, it's safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your very own home. A healthcare professional works with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is the direction you should be going in, Roman will ship it to you with free free two-day shipping. Everything is straightforward, super simple, and very discreet. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Roman makes tackling this issue super easy, and you can do it right from your phone. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Also, let's talk DoorDash, because right now supporting restaurants is one of the most important things we can do as we are all sitting at home in our quarantine times. You have counted on restaurants in the past to deliver you food for special meals or to be there for you when you just didn't have the, the time or the bandwidth to make your own dinner or when you just really had a craving for like something delicious that you didn't make yourself. Restaurants have been there for you and now they are counting on you. Although in many places of the country, dining rooms are closed, they are still open for delivery with DoorDash. So DoorDash is the app. It brings you the food that you are craving right now, right to your door. It's super easy to use. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be brought safely to you. And with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting, food will be left just right outside your door. They ask you where you want it. They let you know when it's there and boom, surprise, food. There are over 300,000 partners in the U.S., 
Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So you can support your local favorite small restaurants or choose from your favorite national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for business and they are still counting on you to order from them. So just open the DoorDash app now, select your favorite restaurant, and food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. You did mention someone that I want to touch on because the stars are without the services of their starting goaltender, Ben Bishop, who is unfit to play per the NHL's new dystopian way of announcing <laughs> any guy who is not yes. playing uh, in, in the series. Uh, so, you know, obviously I know that everything is being kept very close to the vest, so we don't really know what's up with him, but are there any sort of ideas as what's going on with him? Were there any sort of lingering injuries that maybe he was dealing with? And then what can you tell us about the new uh, starter for now, uh, Anton Kudobin? Well, the thing is, like you said, they're they're keeping it very close to the vest. And I, you know, that's Rick Bonus just simply following the rules, following protocol, not stepping out of line. But Ben Bishop was healthy for the entire, he missed one game this season right before the pause. And even in that game, Rick Bonus had said he was like 95% Probably could have gone if he had to go that night, but just sat out. Jake Ottinger was called up to be the backup. He's now the backup in the playoffs. And of course, if you know Ben Bishop, you know he's had a past with plenty of injuries throughout uh, his career with Tampa Bay, with Dallas. And that's, I guess, part of being a six foot seven goaltender. A lot of injuries that involve the lower body. And so, not really sure what's going on with him. He was healthy throughout training camp. I believe he didn't skate. For two or three days during training camp, but he even said, and the coaches said it was simply just workload management, trying to not get him on the ice too much, trying to keep him as healthy and 100% as possible going into the playoffs. And then he played the one game against Vegas and the game two against the Calgary Flames, but that's been it for Ben Bishop. And so not really sure what's going on with him, what the timetable might be. Uh, per Rick Bonus, he hasn't been on the ice in, uh, I guess, since game two, which was I believe, 10 days ago. And so it's odd not knowing what's going on with him. And it's obviously weird not being given an exact terminology and timetable. But at the same time, the stars are confident because they know that Anton Hudobin is backing him up. While he didn't really have the playoff experience going into this year, he led the NHL in save percentage this season. He was the perfect 1B, the ideal 1B that any team would be lucky to have in the NHL. While he doesn't have Bishop's size, he's just as competitive and just as aggressive in the crease. And as a result, he's got the team on a hot streak now. He's got four straight wins. And, you know, I I know Kenneth agrees with this as well, but he has been a game breaker for the Stars since they signed him in the summer of 2018. And as a result, the Stars have the utmost confidence and faith that he's going to help lead the charge and get the Stars through this series and deeper into the playoffs. 
And then who are some players who you want to see more out of in this series? Colorado is a very high-powered team. They've got some very dangerous players on, on the ice, on, on all, all over the ice. And so who are the guys on the Stars who you really think need to step it up if they want to make it out of this series? You know, I, I think I think what we saw in Game 1 was, was how good this team can be when their top forward line really produces. In, a, in that top forward line, often lives and dies by how Jamie Benn plays. He's the captain. He's the tone setter. Um, even even on their off nights, he, he can help. You know, he, he, pr- he provides help in, in different ways. And I think uh, he's one to look at. I think if, if he can get going early in games, it's usually a signal that he's going to be pretty effective. If you look at him in that game one against Colorado, he finished with three assists. And he was pretty phenomenal throughout the game. He was physical. Uh, he, he was quick to transition. He back-checked. He forechecked. He, he kind of sets the tone for that top line, and he creates chances um, so, so he's one to watch. And then the other one for me would obviously be Miro Haskinen. This kind of postseason run, he's really emerged as probably the star's most important bit player. He's just, he's so talented for as young as he is. Um, he just, he, he, he has such a, uh, a calmness about the way that he plays in, in both zones. You know, he had a, he had a block shot in game one. He spun the opposite way that you would technically, you would learn to spin just to, and got a stick in front of a shot. I don't remember who's shooting the, shooting the puck and it was a shot right inside the slot. So he's just, he, he's so quick. He's so aware and he's so calm about everything that he does. He's single-handedly at times, it seemed basically put the, put the stars on his back and, and carried them until they could kind of get everybody else going. And, and he's going to be one. He's going to have to keep doing that against this Colorado series, because in terms of who's left, you know, there's there's a good case to make that Colorado's the toughest matchup for the way the Dallas Stars play and their strengths and weaknesses uh, in this postseason. Well, thank you guys so much for jumping on the show today to tell us all about the Stars and their uh, kind of surprise win over the higher-seeded Colorado Avalanche. For people who want to hear more from you guys, who want to maybe think about jumping on that Stars bandwagon and follow along with the series, where can they find you and your show on the internet? So we're actually just like the other Locked On uh, podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Megaphone as well. Also, you can find us on social media at Locked On Stars. On the Locked On Stars Twitter account, we like to interact with fans, especially during games and get feedback on what they want to hear on podcasts. So definitely check us out there. Also on our social, on our personal social feeds, I'm at Josh underscore Clark zero two and Kenneth is at Kenneth underscore Nash 19. Make sure to hit us up with a follow. We'd love to interact with listeners. We'd love to take y'all suggestions into account and use them to mold the best possible podcast we can create on a daily basis. All right. Thank you guys so much and good luck to the stars in this round. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Josh and Kenneth for jumping on the show. Next, we've got Chris Maselli from Locked on Avalanche to share his outlook on the series, which the Avalanche now trail by one game. Before we talk to Chris, though, let's talk Built Bar because Built Bar is back and it is better than ever. They took a little break, they restocked their inventory, and they added six great new flavors, including caramel brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and my personal favorite, and I haven't even tried it yet, I can already tell you though, it's going to be my favorite, cookies and cream. That of course doesn't mean that your favorite original flavors have gone away. If you got on the Built Bar train before with us, you can still find flavors like double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, and more. Those are all coming back as well. Built Bar, if you haven't heard the good news, they are the greatest tasting protein bars you could ever eat. They are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. They're easy to chew. It doesn't feel like you're eating, you know, sandpaper or whatever, like some of these other healthy bars taste like. 
and they are great for you, whether you are someone who is super health conscious or whether you're someone who just needs a quick burst of energy to get through your day. Built Bars are low in calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you're someone who's on the keto diet, they're great for that as well. But most importantly, they taste super delicious and they are back. So go to builtbar.com right now, use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. I am super excited to go and put my own order in because I cannot wait to taste these new flavors. Again, that is builtbar.com, promo code locked on for $10 off your next order. Earlier in the show today, you heard from the host of Locked on Stars about their perspective on the Colorado Avalanche Dallas Stars matchup. And we're going to flip to the other side of the table now and hear from Chris Maselli, host of Locked on Avalanche, all about what his thoughts are coming up on this series. And as I, as we were saying before I hit the record button, I kind of had like a whole plan of things I wanted to talk about. And one of those things was how great is it for your team to have all of your players healthy and playing and ready to go to, to make some noise. And then game one happened. And for people who maybe didn't get to see the game or who are just kind of realizing that the second round of the playoffs just went ahead and started, uh, what, what exactly happened to some of your key players in game one? Well, I, first, let me say, I guess that you've put yourself out there for the person that we can blame as why we have all these injuries. I mean, you I, had, I will take one for the team there. Okay. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Problem solved. Great. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it. the injuries for the Avalanche have been obviously well documented throughout the season. So far, up until game one, pretty much unscathed. I think some minor bumps and bruises here and there. But um, game one might have some lasting impact, definitely for Philip Grubauer. I don't see him coming back, at least for this series. That looked like a, uh, a groin injury to him. And then uh, Eric Johnson tried to give it a go multiple times throughout that game. And then I think at one point just had to say, like, it's not going to happen. And I we didn't get an answer on him He because it could be one of like three different events in the in that game as to why he got injured. So who knows what the one that might keep him out, if anything does keep him out. I think he is kind of questionable right now. And then even Matt Calvert didn't even play in game one for the, uh, the old unfit to play. So yeah, it's just, I mean, Avalanche fans don't want to see this. They don't want a recreation of what happened in the regular season when, when it comes to injuries. On the other hand, they did pretty well with whoever filled in. So we looked good when we had, you know, a full squad against Arizona. So that's what we want. That's what we want throughout the, this these playoffs. And um, game one wasn't a good start. Obviously, taking aside the fact that now there is a little bit of a not not quite unproven because your your backup goaltender has spent quite amount amount of time getting his feet wet in the NHL. I have certainly seen him play both at the NHL and the AHL level. I always remember him basically for just stomping whatever team that I, I am watching him. He had, yeah. I think, like a record-setting night in the AHL against uh, my AHL team, the Ontario Reign. He, he is more than capable, uh, but what, what can you tell us about your, your situation and goal knowing that uh, Grubauer is more than likely not coming back for quite some time? Yeah, well, uh, going into the return to play, 
that was one of the, you know, I guess if you want to say like quarterback controversies between Grubauer and Francois. And, I, it, you know, Grubauer didn't do anything to lose the job. Um, if he had played poorly, Francois was playing very well, but he's been playing very well throughout the entire season. So I know there's a lot of Avalanche fans that wanted him to win the job outright. Like I said, the way Grubauer played, there was no, that wasn't going to happen. But now that he is the guy, this is something we went through not that long ago, or maybe it was that long ago. Is February a long time ago at this point? I mean, with no, 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 you ask exactly. (laughs) Um, Grubauer got hurt in the outdoor game in the stadium series game. And That's another one you can blame on me. <laughs> is that is that your fault? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, totally your fault. Completely. Yeah. So Grubauer went out in that game. Francois came in and back-to-back weeks was, uh, I think one week he was the number one star of the NHL. And then the following week, he was the number three star in the NHL. He put up, I think it was like an eight, two and two record. Like he was, if grew if the season didn't stop and Francois continued to play the way he did, he probably would have finished out the season and then Grubauer might have come back around when the playoffs started. That would have been a more difficult decision than what happened now uh, because he he was riding a really good wave. So I don't Avalanche fans aren't stressing at all right now about the goalie situation, with the exception of if Francois gets hurt then it's a different conversation. Well, we're going to cross our fingers on that. You yes, can put that yes. one on me. <laughs> I didn't do that one. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're off the hook for that one. After game one, the the, the Avalanche did not uh, come away with the win. Uh, Coach Jared Bednar had some pretty strong words to say about his team and about how everyone really needed to contribute. And so who are you looking to see more from in game two and in the rest of the series? Well, Bednar pretty much called out half of his team and said, you know, more or less like our our bottom six guys didn't show up. And he's right. Like you you can't I mean the the way the top line played, obviously Nathan McKinnon was just doing Nathan McKinnon things. Landis God played great. Rantanen played well. And then it was like a hit or miss. And and but you know the the second line was okay. But the third and fourth line, which the Avalanche rely on they're not just they throw them in there like they they expect production out of their bottom six guys and they didn't really get it nobody stood out you would think a guy like uh down the chuskin who is going up against his old team he he played very well against them even though the avalanche lost all those games in the regular season uh he played very well against them i think because he had a chip on his shoulder playing against them he was non-existent jt comfort who has usually done very well in the playoffs even though it's uh, kind of a small sample size of him, he didn't. He wasn't really anywhere. It was just a tale of two teams, and 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 it had and it was like almost flashing back to a couple years ago when the top line is out there. You're like pepped up when you're watching the game because like okay, something can happen now. And then if any other line was out there, you were like okay, when is the top line coming back out? And we have not felt that way really for this entire season because they've been getting production top to bottom. And it didn't really happen in in uh, game one. So that has to turn around and, and turn around as soon as possible. So as we look forward to the rest of this series, there's a little bit of a gimme in this question because we already know part of it. Mm. 
I love making people make predictions, and this series just got a little more unpredictable. So how do you think this is going to go? What do you think the final outcome is going to be? Uh, we already know, obviously, the outcome of game one since it happened right. already. So yeah. what, what, what's your guess? So it, it's it's tough because regular season Avalanche did not win a game against Dallas, even though they were tight games. The round robin games, their the Avalanche best game was against uh, Dallas. Actually, Pavel Francouz played that game and shut them out four to nothing. So it's like, which one do you want to go on? And then you have this first game where Dallas looked always a step faster, which is kind of shocking when it comes to the Avalanche. Dallas looked good in game one. So I think it's going to be one of those series where it's constantly back and forth. The losing team makes adjustments and comes back and, and plays so much better the next game. Th- this is going to be uh, a, a fight. Even if the Avalanche had won game one, I really think this thing is going the distance. I think it's going to be a, a seven game series. Of course, I'm going to pick the Avalanche to win it in seven. But um, yeah, it's it's not going to come easy for whoever does win it. And hopefully for my side, it's Colorado. Well, after the first round ended with no no series going the full seven games, uh, as a bystander who doesn't really have a horse in any of these races, I think the more <laughs> the more that go the distance, uh, the better. I think for for viewing fans, but not for the 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 heart rates and the blood pressure of oh, all no. of you guys uh, out mean, there having to. Do in one aspect, you cannot beat an NHL playoff game seven. Uh, uh, yeah, but on the other hand, when your team is in it, it's the most nerve wracking three hours of your life. It's terrible. <laughs> At least three hours. <laughs> At uh, least, like, or it could be more. <laughs> we, like we had the five overtime game already, but what if right. we had five? Oh my god! Seven. A, a five overtime game seven? No. Oh no. <laughs> We'll, we'll wish that on some other some other series. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. Un- unintentional damage. To Work your magic that. with other series. Go go do that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for jumping on and breaking breaking down the latest news about your team and all of the unexpected news that I, I did not anticipate whenever we first uh, <laughs> set this up. So thanks so much. And for people who want to learn more about the Avalanche, who want to keep up to date with uh, all of these developments, where can they find you and your show? Yeah, so Locked on Avalanche and... And on Twitter, I'm pretty active on that, on the show's Twitter page, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. All right. Thanks so much. And good luck to the Avalanche in the rest of your series. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you again to all of my guests, to Josh, Kenneth, and Chris. Thanks all for joining. Please make sure you go follow them on social media. Give them a a follow, check out their shows, subscribe to their shows if you are interested in following along with those teams through the playoffs because they are doing a lot of great work. That is it for me today. If you want to hear more from me, you can find me on social media, Twitter at Right Said Sarah. You can find this show on Twitter at Locked On NHL Pods. Go ahead and give that a follow. On the Locked On NHL Pods Twitter, we've also been spotlighting a lot of our local hosts and their shows throughout the week. So make sure you give that a follow so you can keep up to date with the latest and greatest in NHL news. So that is it for me. Until next time, this has been Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.